I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things content and digital marketing related, a little mindset, and all that behind-the-scenes work that makes it all come together. Create the online business and income that fits your lifestyle. And when in doubt, just show up. What's up, guys? What is up? I am so excited to be back recording again. It's been a nice little break as I got some clarity. I really, the goal, I should tell you, is I wanted to launch Reboot, I should say, Reboot the podcast. I don't know if you noticed, we've got a different intro, so um, that's kind of fun. But I was planning to reboot the show here with when the new site was done. Um, I had put that on pause, not really pause, but my friend Devinder, who is a genius, um, is doing the site for me. And we were going to wait and do it all in Gutenberg with WordPress. There's been some issues, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we're going to go back to the original plan and just use Beaver Builder for the time being. So I thought, you know what? Game on, girl. Like, let's get back to the show. I have fun doing this. I miss doing it. And I'm ready. So Today's episode is episode 52, and this is Kick Shame to the Curb and Explode Your Business. And you're going to get a little bit of storytelling, and you're going to find that the direction of the show is a little bit different. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump in. So one of the best things about getting older, obviously, in my opinion, um, ideally, is that we start lining up more with who we really are and what we really want our lives to look like. You know, I, I joke around that my life looks so different than I thought it was supposed to. And I would bet that most people my age, I just turned 50 this summer, most people my age would say the same thing, right? And this is not about, you know, tragedies, traumas, whatever. But, but truly, we, I don't know, we have a plan and we go forth and life happens. And Sometimes there's sadness, there's big wins, there's losses, all that stuff, right? So it's it's <laughs> literally my life looks nothing like I thought it would. Even, you know, 15 years ago, it looks very different. So during this little sabbatical from the podcast, I've been doing a lot of internal work, both for myself and my business. And I'm going to explain, I hope, <laughs> you never know with the way I talk. I'm going to explain what I mean by internal work, but This all started about four and a half months ago when I made a very conscious decision that I wanted to raise my vibration and energy. And I know this is not something I've talked about much on the podcast or even publicly, to be quite frank, uh, as it relates to my business, but that's changing now. I really live my life from this place and it's part of showing up, isn't it? It's the way, I don't know, my my spiritual beliefs, and I'm not necessarily going to (laughs) start talking to you about teaching or talking about spirituality or any of that. I'm going to share it from my point of view and my experience and how it works in my life and impacts my business, right? So, okay, back to this conscious decision. And I'll tell you, there's been one other time in my life that I did this, and it was maybe, I don't know, nine plus years ago or so, I made a decision that I wanted to move through the rest of my life differently. I knew that not that who I was wasn't working, but it's kind of that 
You know, ideally when you know better, you do better and you become aware of where you're getting in your own way. And I'll tell you the biggest thing for me is self-responsibility. And that's just owning that, whether it's something I want, something I'm responsible for having created, where I drop the ball, where I let somebody down, whatever, good, bad, and different self-responsibility, right? So when I made the decision to raise my vibration, I, I had no idea what that looked like or what it meant. I just felt a strong calling to step into something more, for lack of a better explanation. Fortunately, I have a therapist who also believes in energy and vibration. And I knew that was where I wanted to start. So I told her I wanted to work on raising my vibration. I didn't know what that meant. And I said, can we do a weekly call? I got lucky that she got stuck out of the country and has the time for it. Um, Thank you, COVID. That sounds harsh, but I'm being making light of a situation, right? So, (coughs) excuse me. It's been an amazing few months, to say the least, you guys. What started out with a simple intention has led to paths that surprised me, scared me, shocked me. Um, But most importantly, it's opened me up to even more possibility. Here's a little side note for you. Whether it's a therapist, a mentor, coach, or dear friend, find someone who believes in you, challenges you, and reminds you that your dreams are worth pursuing. Okay? And and find that person that you can trust completely. It makes a huge difference. So here's the fun part. So doing this work has inspired me to doodle and write and find creative ways to express what I'm feeling. I'm a really visual person. And anytime I can connect an image to a thought or a feeling, things start to shift. And and actually, more often than not, images come to me before the words do. And what's fun, and so like, I share these images with her, and I'll I'll send her photos and whatnot. And she'll pick up stuff that triggers then this whole other opening of a door that I did not, I didn't even see it at all when I was drawing or whatever I was doing with it, right? And a lot of this I just do in a journal. And sometimes I color it, sometimes I don't, sometimes it's words that come to me. But it's so powerful. And I'll tell you this, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, get away from the computer at times. I love what I do. I love my technology. But there is something about pen and paper. Obviously, why I wanted to create a physical paper content creators planner that happens when your mind and your hand are putting it down on paper, right? There's just something that happens. There's scientific evidence to this. So if you can, I'm just a big believer in this, guys. Take the time to put pen to paper, whatever that looks like for you, right? So it's just blown me away. The ability to reframe something that seemingly felt like it was immovable, like it was immovable, is exhilarating. When I, I mean, there were things, guys, that I was stuck on. It was just like, I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. And working through it, doing this internal work and with somebody that I trust, like next thing you know, it's just flying out of my mouth. It's it's astonishing, really. It's I keep using the words, I keep saying to her that it's like awe-inspiring. And I think you can find places. Okay, I'm going to do a little off-script story for you because that's who I am. So recently I sold a course, List Explosion. It was not a big launch or anything. My intention, I had done an, uh, an hour-long workshop with this, gosh, 
two years ago, maybe. And it was based on results that I got when I launched a free course. And I got, you know, over 500 people into this course in like 10 days. And so then I taught a workshop on how I did that. It was a one-off. It was like $47. So then I took that and I drilled deeper and I made a six module course, right? I had been working on the course in the spring, really dove deep. And I went from, you know, did the whole, I scripted out all the lessons and the videos. I got the videos recorded. So my intention with this release was just to get it out there, get some people going through that and to get it done. Right. Like I, my intention was not some monstrous, um, launch per se. All I did was, um, I followed, I have Ramit Sethi. If you're not familiar with him, he runs the site and company. I will teach you to be rich. And if you're not familiar with him, it's not like overnight internet millionaire, get rich. It's be smart with your finances. And so he redid the book, but anyways, I've been a subscriber. He did a launch program that was not your typical product launch formula like internet marketers. And all I did was follow his email sequence, right? That's all I did. And it worked. And so the whole thing with that is it, it it's, it's kind of like realizing Jody and I now have this running joke where we just keep saying to each other, uh, this shit works. <laughs> I did not stray from his emails. I followed the formula. I followed the subject lines. Obviously it was my content, but I did exactly what he said to do. And like, even on a Friday night, guys, I sent a last chance email and I got six sales and you go, this shit works, right? So my point is that sort of business epiphany, take that model. And now I'm doing this internal work and it's like, oh, this shit works. Like talking about it, removing the, um, the, the beliefs and the things that I've attached to stuff. And there is power in sharing. I, I've obviously been talking to her for years, but like, I get the value and I don't judge myself necessarily. Well, I do, but I really try not to judge myself for saying, I want to talk about this. It could be, you know, intense. It could be just something that bothers me or whatever, but like going into doing this, this work with her about raising my vibration, I had no idea what it looked like. I trusted her to guide me and here we are. So fast forward to the last couple of weeks and I doodled something that I think can help you in your business. And I shared it with her and she said, I think you need to share this with the world. So here we am, right? Here we am. I literally just said, here we am. Here we are. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, so this that's what this podcast was inspired by as well, was this drawing and this conversation with her. So obviously the doodle is about shame. And I'm going to read the definition of shame. Just, I think we all know what it means, but just so we're on the same page. So as a noun, it's a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So for starters, like our brain thinks it's wrong or foolish behavior doesn't mean it's a fact. Okay. Verb. Um, of person, action, or situation to make someone feel ashamed. Right. And it's like, whenever I see that shame on you, it's, that just kills me when I see that, read it or hear somebody. It's like, that's based on their belief that your behavior is wrong. You get to decide if your behavior is wrong. Okay. And rant. So shame is one of those things that runs deep. And I don't think we're really aware of how much of our behavior is dictated 
by shame. And you guys, I know I'm talking in this we, our universal collective. Um, I'm not a shame expert. We've got Brene Brown for that. And if you've not watched her TED Talk from years ago that exploded and just put her everywhere, um, watch it. She's got a couple other videos. She's got the fallout of that explosion of her TED Talk. But I'm unless you've... And that's it. Anyways, I was about to say, unless you've been living under a rock, you haven't heard of her. But people who are in sort of the self-help consciousness spiritual space have probably heard of Brene Brown. Anyway, let's get back to the doodle. So um, on a recent call with my therapist, we were discussing something that I thought I felt shame around. Keyword being, I, I thought I felt shame around. Um, and she said that the shame seemed manufactured. And literally I went, huh. It, it kind of made me stop. And I thought about it. It just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I realized that I thought I was supposed to feel shame about the topic we were talking about. But in reality, I didn't, right? So a couple days later, I don't know, a day or two later, I was out back playing ball with my dogs and I was listening to uh, the recording of my call with her because, duh, like why? Wish I'd recorded. Well, I don't know if I wish I'd recorded earlier calls. They were around grief and sad. <laughs> but anyways, um, so this image hit me like a ton of bricks. And I do have the actual doodle uh, is embedded in the post. But for those of you who are listening and you cannot see the image, I'm going to explain the doodle to you. It, it was so funny, you guys. It literally reminds me just, it hit me like a cartoon. And so it's of a factory machine that has a conveyor belt. So there's a conveyor belt on the left, machines in the middle, conveyor belt on the right. So you've got stuff going into the machine and then you've got the output, right? So it goes to the machine. It's transformed into something different when it comes out. So in this case, what comes out is the actual word shame, which is then immediately dumped into a garbage can at the end of the conveyor belt labeled toxic waste. Now we're going to back it up what is going into the machine, they're kind of like blobs. <laughs> I don't know where they came from. Almost think sort of like the poop emoji, right? But so there's there's three blobs and that's all I had space for. It was a little journal that I was working in. One of the items is judgment. One of the items is old beliefs. And one of the items is religion. Not knocking religion. It and... I appreciate the way I was raised. I have to pre-qualify, explain everything. I'm sorry. It's just who I am. But realizing how many of these things became ingrained in me culturally, right? Um, so those are the things that go into the machine and out comes shame. And then shame is falling off the conveyor belt at the end. And the garbage can literally says toxic waste. Like this image came to me so clear. And it, it's it's simply labeled manufactured shame is what I call the doodle. All of a sudden, I realized that the shame I felt wasn't me. It was external influences that I'd given way too much power to, right? I will, I cannot look at shame the same way anymore. I hear the word and I think of this drawing. And if I had more room, I would have added a few other items to the conveyor belt, such as other people's opinions, expectations, and societal norms. And the toxic waste garbage can sort of felt like a big F you. The reason I called it toxic waste, it wasn't just waste, it's toxic. Because I do think shame can be toxic to our to our spirit, to our heart, to our soul, right? And 
I've got to stop doing that, right? Right? I don't know where that popped into my language. Off script, non sequitur. But it, I've spent so much time and energy, you know, allowing those things to get in my way, rent space in my head and influence how I feel about myself. But now that the doodle is out of my head and on paper, paper, we're just going to keep making up words this whole episode. Um, I don't feel quite as much F you, right, as I do. Ah, like, it's just this sigh of relief. Like, wait a minute, like, that that's it, guys. I, I don't know how else to, to phrase it other than that visual hit home. It really resonated. It struck a chord deep within me that said, you are not what other people decide. And when you don't live up to that, you know, it's, uh, I was thinking of another example, but, you know, maybe you have a disagreement with somebody and, and one person is, is hell bent on being right. And one person wants to heal. There's a big difference between wanting to be right and wanting to feel better. And when you decide that you want to feel better, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. If that makes sense. And that relationship may come or go, but either way you get to decide how you feel. This has really made me feel like I've come home to myself and I was simply not that conscious of, well, there's been plenty of other areas in my life where I have felt horrible shame, horrible shame to the point of, do I even want to be here anymore to that, to that degree intense. That was years ago, but it's, um, I almost said sad, but it's almost heartbreaking when we realize how much of ourselves we give away because of other people's expectations and belief systems that really aren't ours, right? I'm going to listen to all the rights and I'm going to put that money in a bucket or something. But I, I don't know. There's There's something so powerful about realizing you don't, you have a choice. You don't have to let those things have control over you. And I'm sort of, I don't know, talk, telling myself this as a reiteration as I do this recording. So what does shame have to do with your business? Honestly, everything. <laughs> For the love of all that is good in the world, there is so much noise and information coming at us constantly. Let's not even address the fact that, you know, we don't know how we should or shouldn't be handling living through a pandemic, but it's really hard to escape external influences sometimes. You know, I sort of had this joke with my dad, we'll be talking and something will come up about current affairs or whatever. He's like, oh, no, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> like, and not forget it, but he knows I don't watch the news. I have not watched intentionally watched a news channel for, I, I couldn't tell you how long. I, I even stopped doing, I remember years ago going to the gym when my kids were littler and like I drop them off at school and I go to the gym and I'd watch like Good Morning America or something. I don't even watch any of that stuff anymore. My Facebook feed is primarily marketing, friends, animals, travel, now travel to Portugal. I'll have to talk to you guys about that next episode. That's my goal is to move there in the spring. But of course, the San Francisco consulate is not taking appointments till 2022. So we're going to just leave that. Uh, I'll come back to that in another episode. But really, 
You know, there's so many external influences coming at us all the time that I don't think we're even aware that they hit us, right? It's, we, we just, so here we go. L- let me just stop the non sequiturs because I'm going way off script. I would wager that most entrepreneurs have either felt this or feel it. And that is that I should be doing more. I should be earning more. I should be posting and creating more. Why aren't I having million dollar launches? Why does it seem like everyone else is making it and I'm not? Why do the platforms I'm supposed to be using make me cringe sometimes? <laughs> Welcome to being online for 10 plus years. Uh, I don't have enough time. I want to work on my stuff. And that's for all you service providers out there. I know that feeling. I could go on and on with this list, but you get the point. And <laughs> I rarely co- quote Tony Robbins. I remember listening to him years ago. But one thing he said <laughs> that I loved and that I remember is that this type of a list, you end up shitting all over yourself right? I mean, all you do is get in the way and it's freaking exhausting. And I don't know why, but here's another sort of quote that popped in my head from the late great Zig Ziglar. Yes, I consumed all of those motivational tapes back in the 90s. And when I say tape, I literally mean a cassette tape. Uh, And it's not really a quote, but you'll get the point. (laughs) And he said, when you're at work, you feel like you should be spending more time at home. When you're at home, you feel like you should be working. No wonder you never get anything done. You're always traveling. And he had this great Southern drawl. So it sounds much better, but you get the point. It's learning to be present. And an example of that was today. There are so many, I've got a to-do list, just like any other entrepreneur a mile long. I wanted to get the podcast out. I took the time. I got in such a flow writing this episode and I just let it take me where it was going to take me. And then I want to get it out. So here I am recording it, right? But I, I'm really, really working on staying conscious and present and enjoying the work I'm doing. That piece alone will raise my vibration. That piece alone raises my energy. I love podcasting. Doing this makes me happy. That raises my vibration, right? And then that play, that in turn impacts my business because I show up more, I engage more, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling in alignment. Anyway, so you have to take the time to get really clear on what you want your business to look like in terms of your life. Side note, if you haven't seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma on Netflix, it's worth the watch. And it really talks about, uh, how do I explain that? Quick summary is, it's how we're being manipulated by all the social media platforms, right? It's enlightening. And it's a little bit scary. At the same time, it leaves you feeling hopeful. There are people out there. Um, there's a uh, website called the Crikey's. I'm going to misquote it now. But it's the, is it the Center for Humane Technology? I think that might be it. I can't believe I just said Crikey's. I think I watched Tommy Boy in the last month. But anyway, it's it's enlightening but I think because I've, I've been having this conversation with people online, I'll tell you about that in a second. But the one thing to remember with the social dilemma is that it's slanted, right? It's not really a true documentary in terms of being objective. It's told from one side only. And that is about the damage of all of this. But what I will say, you know, and having these conversations, a friend of mine um, posted, you know, and he said, is it possible? Do you think it's possible to build a business without being on social media? I absolutely think it is. It depends on what you want your business to look like. And I feel that way. You guys, I really, I spend time on Facebook, in my group, 
and Instagram. I don't pay attention to the other platforms. I share content there, but I also know where I get the most engagement and I, what I have the bandwidth for. But he was asking this and I really stepped back because I'm not saying that I'm like impressionable, but in a way I remember watching that thinking, oh, should I start deleting? Cause he then, uh, my friend recommended a book about 10 reasons you should delete your social accounts now. Well, I think at this stage in my life in the game, I'm way past whether or not they have data or information on me, whatever. And that doesn't mean I want someone prying into my life. It just means it's done. So it comes back to self-responsibility, right? How do you feel? If you don't feel good on these platforms, get off or take a break and find your way back. You have to find what, what works for you. And, you know, this is, okay, let's get back to shame in the business, right? The truth is you are the only one that can decide what works for you. No mentor, coach, or course is the right answer for everything. And I've gotten a lot better at consuming material and saying, well, that resonates and this doesn't. I don't want to pick it apart. I don't have the energy for that. I simply do not have the energy for that. I will either say, eh, I get that or eh, whatever. Because really, even the social dilemma, I was kind of debating watching it because I thought, this is going to make me feel icky about the tools that I use. And so I think even going into watching it with that awareness kept me a little bit more objective. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really, it's important that you take the information, the, the courses you consume, the content you consume, who you're paying attention to, all of that, and simplify it. Jody has totally turned me into an essentialist and say, what works? What works for me? And, you know, Part of this is that as I've been trying to get clear on what my personal brand looks like, along with Content Creators Planner, since they both address content marketing, the one thing that has become glaringly apparent to me is that I'm being called to hashtag just show up, which feels a little bit ironic considering I've been preaching about showing up for years now. But the truth is, we don't know what we don't know. So I, I joke with my therapist that it took me, you know, X amount of years to finally start talking about certain things with her. But she reminded me a lot of that work happens on a different timetable, which isn't usually ours. And there was a Thomas Merton quote that I don't have in front of me. So I'm not going to repeat that. But I also know, as I, I thought back to having said that recently, I was like, there was no way the person I was 15 years ago could have held or handled some of the conversations I can have today. It's through everything I've been through, everything I've experienced, what I've learned, who I've become, that I'm able to hold that today. So I think it's important that you do that in your business, right? Sometimes, though, it, it reminds me of the old saying, right? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. But sometimes the teacher is yourself. So you've grown in your business, you have more experience and skills, and you know you're ready for more. Whatever that more looks like is completely up to you. Here's my example. In the last year, I've really started preaching a little bit um, about the value of becoming a better writer in your business, mainly because it's been life-changing for me. I never considered myself a bad writer. You know, like I could write a paper in school and get an A, fine. Structure, frame, form format, whatever, framework. Um, but it wasn't necessarily storytelling. It wasn't, it wasn't 
writing for the sake of compelling somebody to do something, to take an action, right? It's completely, completely different. Writing a paper, unless I guess you're doing a thesis or, you know, I mean, a a doctorate, whatever, you know, like unless you're going to that place and you have to be able to defend what your dissertation, we're going to go ahead and leave that alone. Um, but you get the point. And so again, I, I never really thought twice about writing. I do remember when I started blogging and (laughs) it was just fun. It's mechanical is what it looks like, but you get better by doing the work, right? Like what was my other new favorite saying is you're not going to get better at something by not doing it. So it, it was when I started the podcast. So when I started podcasting and I knew I needed to write out my solo shows, obviously because of the way I talk and I go off script, but I knew that I needed to write those episodes out prior to recording. And through doing that is how I found my voice because then what happens, let's just kind of bullet point this. So number one, I decided to take the time to write. So there's that practice too. I recorded it and I showed up as myself. Number three, people started responding. I got validation. People appreciated who I was and how I showed up. At the same time, I knew none of that was going to work before I did it. I had to do it to get there. So, you know, obviously the more I practiced, the better I got. And on one hand, it felt kind of like a happy accident. On the other hand, I really believe it was divine timing. I was ready to start showing up and you show up a little bit and a little bit more and then a little bit more and a little bit more. And, you know, it's really fun because I do this, need a little water there. Jody and I sort of coach each other back and forth. And because I've been doing this piece of putting me into my content and my business and showing up this way, um, I'm able to she'll share something with me that she's written. I'm like, yeah. She's like, is that too much of me? I'm like, no, share it, share it. And she's getting a ton of validation for that as well. And it's really fun, right? To have that relationship, but you're going to get better through the doing. And the reason I'm such a nut about the writing piece is because it impacts every of your business. And you stop to think about it, writing to record, writing scripts for video, writing for courses, writing for email, whatever it is, it's, it's an amazing skill to master. And that's the mastery, right? Like not that you're going to do a bunch of it and get good at it and be done with it. I don't mean that, but it's really digging in and connecting those dots, which is what it's done for me in the last couple of years, I have started really, really appreciating copywriting. (laughs) And someone had said this to me five years ago, I would have laughed in their face truly because they're, Oh my Lord, you guys, the immense impact good copy can have on your business. Like you cannot put a price tag on it. I'm going to tell you, I really do believe good copy is the most important thing. And I'm not saying design because if something looks ugly, I bounce. I just do. I'm not a designer. I'm not a UI expert, UX expert, but I do know what I feel compelled to. But if something doesn't totally grab me, but the copy's good, I will stick around. I will say that. And, you know, it's, it is, I don't know, I'm such a convert now, I would say that copy is absolutely the determining factor in how well something converts, whether it's lead generation, product sales, whatever you're doing, right, it is going to be the determining factor. And it wasn't until Jody and I spent hours getting clear on who we served, the problem we solved, and the result people will get that things started to click into place. 
So I'm literally studying copywriting now. I have a couple books and I will recommend. And one of these days I will have him on the podcast. Sean Vosser has written a great book called um, Seven Figure Copywriting. It's not in front of me. Oh my gosh, I feel like a heel. To the point and the way the book is laid out is it's really cool. It's a piece of art in and of itself. It's not just a straight book. It's eight and a half by 11. So we sold the PDF. Now it's more like a course. It's 250 pages. I had it printed at Staples, truly. And I think he's doing some final edits. And I want a hardcover color version that would have cost $130. So I'm waiting till he prints it to sell it. But either way, you know, it, it truly wasn't no matter how many, t- I should say this, no matter how many times I heard how important copywriting was, it wasn't until I was ready to do the work that things fell into place. And I, I joke around sometimes and I say, you know, um, I don't regret the things I've done. I just regret the things I didn't do. And I would think it's probably safe to say a lot of people with an online business regret not building a bigger list, not selling sooner. It's those things we didn't do right? But this is how you kick shame to the curb. You own your truth. So instead of saying, instead of judging myself for not having connected the dots with copy sooner, I just, I know I'm ready for it now. That's all there is to it. And like perfect example, Sean's book wasn't available five years ago. So maybe this is the turning point for me, but it's phenomenal when you look, one of my favorite things to do and this is another off script, but I love when I can see, and I don't have a crystal ball. I promise I'm going to finish the sentence here. I don't have a crystal ball, but when I can look back and say, well, had this happened, this wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Like, here's a great example. I was telling, I was talking to a friend today. I was talking about two products. We were talking about software and two products. One was lead surveys and another one was a webinar plugin for WordPress where it the plugin connected to email autoresponders go to webinar cuz that was the only webinar platform at the time and it built webinar registration pages it was all a WordPress plugin because at the time this was a long time ago you guys when was it 2014 maybe oh, i don't know here's the thing <laughs> here's the thing I think had either of those happened, well, for starters, I don't ever want to support software unless I've got the money and resources to have a support team. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm going to stick with marketing and content. But had lead service taken off, Content Creators Planner wouldn't exist. There's no way. There's just no way. So I know that. And I know that I was meant to do Content Creators Planner. And we've got another planner kind of bubbling up in the background plus version two of the content creators planner. I'm very excited, but I feel like I came home when I keep coming home to myself, <laughs> but it was such a good fit for me with content. It, it, it's just my happy place. It's a sweet spot. So that's what I mean. Like when you can look at and say, well, God had this happen. And at the time we want it to happen so bad and we put all this time and energy into it, but I find solace, peace in looking back and saying, well, I'm going to sum it up with a Garth Brooks song. And for those of you who are not in the United States or familiar, he's a country Western singer. I'm going to assume everybody knows him. He's been around a while, but he has a song called unanswered prayers. And it's just some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And so those things that we think we want 
so badly when they don't come to fruition can feel intense, but yet down the road, if you can look back and say, Oh, it's a good thing that that didn't happen. Make sense. But really you guys, it's all about owning your truth, which is what so much of this internal work I've been doing has done for me. And part of that truth for me is that I want to talk about this stuff a little bit more on this show. Kim Doyle is going to be about the mindset and about how you feel. And and I'll share tangibles and tacticals, not the same per se that I do on Content Creators Planner, but even less explosion, going into maybe a little bit more in-depth case study of what those emails look like and how I did it and how and how I pulled that course together and how I took an hour-long workshop and, and turned it into six six modules, like 22 lessons, whatever. So, but this brand is mine and this is such a big part of who I am that I think it's time to show up here a little bit. So lastly, you know, stop judging yourself for what you think you should have done where you are or you aren't. And for the love of God, don't compare yourself to anyone uh, (laughs) or at least where they appear to be. Remember with social media, most people share the highlight reel. So moving forward, oh my gosh, all of a sudden my ears are getting plugged up. So now that the clarity has kicked in and shame doesn't have the same hold on me that it did, I'm not saying I'm shame free, guys. I do not mean that at all. I will tell you though, every time I think I'm feeling shame, that image pops in my head and it just does not take me down, whatever. I honest to God feel like the world is my oyster. Like I've set the intention to do more of this doodling and drawing for clarity I can't force it. And I know that it's going to evolve organically as it should. And this is where my lack of patience. Oh gosh, my lack of patience shows up. Like I started doing uh, another drawing from last week and it just didn't feel right. And it was like, I was feeling frustrated. It was like, what, why are you forcing that? What do you leave it alone? Put it down, put the pen and the paper down. And I'll tell you, if you want some guidance on this type of work, uh, my amazing and brilliant friend, Maritza, Maritza Pada. Uh, Maritza has a book called Heartwork Journaling, and it's a beautiful book. You can get it on Amazon. And even if you don't think of yourself as an artist or with that creative bent to you, it it's great. If you have any interest, check out Heartwork Journaling on Amazon. Um, but really, you know, I know that that setting the intention is just the first step. And then I can't force it and I'm going to let it evolve organically because here's the fun thing. It is so amazing to me that when I do the internal work, things show up in my external world that literally blow my mind. Here's a great example because I love to give examples. I'm going to find another way to say that. I have three coaching clients. You guys, when was the last time you heard me promote coaching? I have a on my site, but the page is not even easy to find. And it's, I go back and forth with coaching and I'm actually going to, excuse me, be doing a group coaching here, I think in the next month or so. Um, But I, I have three coaching clients who all came to me because of how I show up in the world. So there is, let's go back to hashtag everything is content. When you show up and do the work, let go of what it should or shouldn't look like. I, I mean, you could, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, when I consume content, I'm not judging it. It either speaks to me or it doesn't. Now we all are wired differently, but truthfully, I think that, you know, 
just paying attention to what works. Anyway, so these three coaching clients show up, phenomenal women, three amazing women. And they all showed up out of the blue. And I'm like, this is fantastic. And I know that friendships are going to come of that, right? It's just kind of who I am, right? God, how do you like, don't you wish you could like just take it? I'm going to picture erasing that word, um, at least from my dialogue. So um, I, I just believe this, right? I have so much evidence in my life that the right people, opportunities, money, shows up. But most importantly, the peace and contentment that I end up with is priceless. It, it, I know this sounds really esoteric. Here's a question for you, though. What's the alternative? What if, if what you're doing, I always joke around, I'm like, well, I may as well try this because what I've done hasn't worked. So I may as well try something else. I almost said, right? Caught myself. But ask yourself, what would your business and life look like if you didn't hold on to other people's expectations, societal rules, or what other people are doing? And one thing I will say is I should say the perception of other people's expectations. Because oftentimes, I don't, I wish I, I'm, I'm kind of stumped on words here, guys. Bear with me because I'm going off script, but. When I'm in alignment, I don't end up with the objections. I don't end up with with people questioning or whatever. When you are really solid, here's another quote from my therapist is people hit the ball based on how you serve it. And so when you come from a place of absolute trust and alignment, my experience is that the rest just starts falling aside. Like I don't attract people. I remember doing service work and client work and people who, and I've actually got a friend doing, going through this and just having some challenges with, with pricing or them not seeing your value. And like, that just doesn't happen in my life. Those people don't show up anymore. It's the most wild thing because I value myself. I know what I'm worth. And when you own that, I don't know, boundaries kick in and you only draw people into your life that value you too. So ask yourself this though, right? What would your business and life look like if you didn't hold on to other people's expectations, societal rules, and what other people are doing? I know I already asked you that, but we're coming around circling. What would you do? Oftentimes with entrepreneurs that I know in this space, it's that quote unquote, work on my stuff. They would only create and sell things, right? Or how about what would you create? You know, Jody and I were talking uh, yesterday about, I saw this great article. I didn't have to remember to link to all this stuff. Nathan Berry, the founder of of ConvertKit, wrote an article called The Billion Dollar Blog. And it talks about how a blog led to a bigger company, a bigger business. And Jody and I were talking about, you know, um, what that looked like. And she's like, I don't have that desire. And for me, it's not so much a desire to create this, to build this. Although I essentially did that with Kim Doyle. It was the WordPress chick that became Kim Doyle. I built the relationship. I built the brands. I blogged, I created content and that allowed us to launch the content creators planner. So that was kind of his point, how blogging can lead to something bigger, whether it's a hundred million dollar a year company or a hundred thousand dollar a year company, you get to decide what that looks like, but ask yourself, what would you create? Like it is wild to me. I'm getting 
myself all excited. This is fun. But it's wild to me that I've come full circle with this physical paper planner where I get to use pens and color and create. I had a scrapbook store, you guys. Back in 1998, I had a scrapbook store. And we have ideas for stickers to incorporate with the planner too. But holy moly, I spent hours drawing and doodling as a kid, you guys. I wanted to be a motivational speaker. I've got a podcast. I spoke at my high school graduation. I sang a solo in front of like 8,000 people at 12 years old. I like doing this and here I am doing it. It's like I look back at all those things that brought me joy and were an innate part of my personality as a child, the things that inspired me and I had fun doing. And you've heard me say it, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. That's my life now. It's it's my life and it's freaking delightful. So ask yourself, what would you create if you weren't worried about what other people are saying or doing or should or shouldn't do or paying attention to what somebody else had done? So another quote I heard was Daniel Laporte years ago, and she said, it costs what it costs, right? People think there's this formulaic way of, well, if I have a course this big and this many lessons, it costs this much. That's not the case. And it's more of a, what is the result worth to you? It could, what If somebody could teach you something in an hour versus three months, wouldn't you, what would you pay for that? Why, if the result is the same and you can get there quicker. Another example, Jody and I are going to offer. So this is a heads up, it's coming, but a content marketing accelerator where we literally handhold you through the planner. We work with people like in a collective group environment, not in person right now, obviously. But we started talking about that and we thought, is this a 30 day, a 60 day, a 90 day? Because it's a 90 day planner. And we thought, uh uh-uh, this is going to be a two day accelerator. So we're going to be releasing the content marketing accelerator. You're going to spend four hours with us on a Friday, four hours on a Saturday with a break in between. There will be a little bit of pre-work, but we're going to get those friggin' planners filled out, your content dialed in, and then you go. Like in today's environment, with COVID and everything being virtual, does the thought of of going through another lengthy course wear you out? Or what if you could knock it out? But the point is, we get to decide what that looks like. This fits our lifestyle. We both have a desire. I definitely have more white space in my life than Jody because of her client work. Um, but you know, it's there's a craving for that. And so design your business around your life. You know, who would you talk to and how would you spend your time? So having, um, there's another thing, starting a sentence with so, so, and right. I think I need to do like the little circle with a slash through that and put it on my computer. But who, who do you, who do you give your time to? I have this call with my therapist weekly period. Nothing else gets in the way. I've set up a coaching, my coaching calls or appointments, my podcast or appointments, you know, Jody and I have standing calls. Like what does your life look like? And how often do you want to be engaging? Again, that white space is a big need for me. Just having, so I wrote this post today. I'm recording it at the same time. I'm not doing the editing today and I have to go in and fine tune and do the SEO and all the images and stuff and links for the post. But like, I'm going to kind of need to unplug and decompress a little bit because of which I love doing this, but it requires a different level of energies. But again, you get to decide what that looks like. Literally take the time to map this out. 
One of my favorite exercises is a Frank Kern exercise. Excuse me. And it's, he tells you to, and if I can find a link, if he's got a post, I have no idea. I've just heard this through the grapevine over years, but it's to map out what your ideal everyday day looks like. Part of that, like there's this part of me that thinks I need a morning routine. I need to get up earlier, but I'm like, I set an alarm. I got up and ironed clothes at 530 in the morning. I commuted like I did all that. There's something so lovely to me <laughs> about waking up when I naturally wake up. And yeah, my therapist reminded me, we all have our own natural internal rhythms, right? Like what a blessing to be able to run my business around, around my own natural rhythms. It's friggin' awesome. What's fun about this exercise is you might be surprised to find out that you're not that far from it. When I started thinking about what does my ideal everyday day look like, with the exception probably of adding in more exercise or movement, because I sit all day, I'm living it. I'm truly living it. It's it's freaking awesome. You know, lastly, we're winding down here. Um, <laughs> I would love to know if this resonates with you. You know, I would love to hear this direction. I, I've come to this place where I I know without a shadow of a doubt that everything stems from where we are internally, whether it's mindset, how we feel, where we where we place our energy. I'm in awe of like meditating even, which I started doing uh, somewhat consistently a few years back, but at the time, it was really to, to focus on staying present, right? And oh, God, every, now I can't hear myself say right and not drill myself. Be kind, Kim. Stop judging. <laughs> now I have this desire to meditate as part of this. I want to raise my vibration. I want to live from that place. I want my life to be dictated from the internal not the external and not reactive. So, so there's that. And there's so again, (laughs) if you take the time to map some of this out, feel free to share it. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. And you know, if this doesn't resonate with you, hats off to you. Wish you well. (laughs) It's all good to each their own. Um, But this is the direction of the show of the site. um, More of I call them intangibles, but that's stuff that you can't necessarily grab and, you know, put your hands on, but have a huge impact. And, um, there's something about it that is just, I don't know, it's where I'm at and I'm loving it. It feels fantastic. So you guys, until next time, that's all I've got for you today. The show is back on track. I have a couple interviews that will be coming quickly. Um, they've already been recorded and whatnot. And just know this, some episodes, my goal, I'll probably stick with the hour format. I love getting lost in our show, but I have started planning out, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, just show up TV. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time with YouTube. So some of those will be repurposed as podcast episodes as well. So happy fall y'all. I'm not from the South, but you know. That's a meme. Today I'm recording this the first day of fall. Enjoy your pumpkin. Um, I have been enjoying my pumpkin spice to no end. (laughs) So I love you guys tons. As always, thanks for listening. Would love a review, comment, share, all the good stuff. 
and I will catch you on the next episode.